Hi everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next free online business assessment, enabling you to pinpoint what your business needs you to fix next. Business tips to help you level up and scale up. Hi everyone, I'm Simon of Sterling Coaching and welcome to this podcast episode in which I'm joined by uh, Laurie Leica and we've known each other for quite some time and kept in contact uh, through our past experiences as a coach and when I reached out recently for podcast guests I saw that uh, you'd actually moved position and you told me that you a new position with this company and uh, yeah that excited me even more because that's a great business topic that I'm sure we're going to be able to talk about so can you just give the listeners a little bit of information about you and a little bit of a, a story behind why you're on this podcast day and good to have you with us. Thank you I'm, I'm very privileged to be here Simon um, well I, I've had a very long career and it's not been one thing I started out as a news writer Uh, back in the 70s for an NBC affiliate and um, moved on to various positions, was a a radio producer, radio and television producer for 10 years. Uh, Then I moved into medical transcription and uh, managed a 4,000 employee medical transcription company. We had 1,000 employees in in, uh, India and I had, I was responsible for $250 million worth of business. Um, then I got cancer and I mm. said, you know, I really don't want to do this anymore. No. So I started writing again and um, I've produced eight books total, four business books and four children's books. I've got another children's book on the way right, and right. Um, joined Search and Convert, which is an SEO, a search engine optimization company in Austin, Texas. I joined them um, about two years ago and was recently made general manager. Great. So it seems, you know, that the whole thread across your career has been words, hasn't it? You know, even the SEO mm-hmm. is still, you know, using words to uh, get found and convert. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a good common mm-hmm. thread. Um, what, what's the title of a children's book? You know, I, I, I actually forgotten all about the children's books. I, I do remember obviously <laughs> the writing and, and the books, but you know, is there a particular um, thread of books or is there a particular character that your books are based on? Tell us, tell us a little bit about the children's books. Um, I have two grandsons. And okay. when my first grandson was born, I wrote um, a book called Goodnight Little Prince. And uh, then I've got, and so it's all based on the character Grandma Lori. And the books are designed to uh, encourage conversation between adults and children. So my ABC book has Grandma Lori asking questions and then kid characters coming in and, and doing the answers so that the adult that's reading the book has an opportunity to ask the kid the same way that Grandma Lori does in the book. Yeah, yeah. Um, my other one is One, Two, Buckle My Shoe. <laughs> and it's the same thing. Grandma Lori's there asking questions. Um, the new book that's coming out is a little bit different. 
It's called uh, the Maximum Murph Detective Agency. I don't know if you heard the puppies. We've got two puppies, dachshunds. <laughs> and one is a standard dachshund. He's, they're both six months old. And yeah. uh, the standard dachshund weighs about 25 pounds and he's huge. And the other dachshund is a miniature and he's 11 pounds. And so the book follows the adventures. They decide to become detectives. And the first book is how they decided to become detectives. We also have an 85 pound boxer and he's going to be the muscle for the, the detective agency. Wow. Intriguing. And such a difference in size of the dogs as well, isn't it? You know, 25 yeah. to 11. Yeah. And, and they wrestle yeah. like they're both the same size. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. As you were talking there, I was thinking about characters, you know, um, particularly in comedy, you know, you think, uh, you know, over here in the UK, we had characters called Little and Large, which are two mm -hmm. comedians. You know, you think Lauren Hardy, you know, that uh, that difference in size of characters works really well, doesn't it? So, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. great. And, and I love the way, even though you're, you're writing the books, you're still encouraging conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. children don't talk a lot to adults and adults don't really talk a lot to kids anymore. And mm. what... I found when I was raising my daughter is that the more we talked as she grew, the more her personality developed into something that was really stellar. And yeah. um, I mean, her, her only teenage rebellion was getting married at 19. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I need to read your books. I mean, I, we've got no children and I always find it difficult. I, I've got a couple of children that I'm sort of godparents to. And every time I see them, I, fall into the trap of talking to them like an adult mm -hmm. and one of them is now getting to an age where she's eight or nine and she's actually she appreciates that a little bit and you mm -hmm. know she'll answer back the three-year-old just looks at me with a vacant stares and say you're talking gibberish what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> well and it goes back to how you write for the web because yeah. um what i've found through the years and it goes back to something one of my professors talked about um, in college is that you've got to write for a certain grade level. And, mm. and I have a tendency to write long words, big words, you know, complex sentences, lots of semicolons, yeah. things like that. And um, uh, I go back when I write and I take out about 50% of what I write. <laughs> Yep. And then I, I use a thing called uh, readability and you take yeah. your, your text and you pop it into readability and it tells you what the, um, what the grade level is okay. and That's how readable it is and what you're shooting for. If you're writing for the web, surprisingly enough, if you're writing consumer things, you're shooting for a seventh grade level. If you're writing for a business, you're shooting for a ninth grade level. Interesting. Great. Okay. Well, we'll move on to the, the questions and I'll stop talking the, the gibberish and, and come back to the simple things of, of uh, what we're drinking today. And I would love to know what you're drinking there. And you know, I've got my Starbucks uh, trying to finish off a box of um, season blend coffee, uh, but, <laughs> but uh, 
you're actually the being the epiphany uh, um, or, uh, of, uh, of of what it is to be British, really. And uh, you've got tea, haven't you? T- tell us a little bit about the tea that yes. you're drinking today. I'm drinking PG Tips, PG which tips. is quintessential British tea. Yeah. And they've been around forever. I am a huge Anglophile and mm-hmm. a dedicated tea drinker, but I do not like the uh, variations. Like I don't okay. like chamomile. I don't like herbal teas. Yeah. Um, I, I just like straight tea and I'll drink it all day long. And there's nothing quite so comforting at night when I go to bed is to have a, a nice cup of PG tips decaf. And in the morning, I fill up my 30-ounce um, uh, travel container, put it in yeah. my office, and it's got regular so, PG tips in it. So how, how do you drink your tea? Do you have uh, it With just a little weak? sweet and low. Yeah, I let it steep for about two minutes. Okay. So it's not yeah, yeah. super strong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's a good amount of time. My, my wife, Angela, she shows it the tea bag from the other side of the room and then uh, pulls it away quickly, which uh, is just a, <laughs> it's a, it's a cup of uh, tinted water with a, a dash of uh, quite a big, large dash of milk in it. Um, <laughs> you, you mentioned there, uh, obviously, the, you know, the fact that PG Tips is, you know, is, a, is a good British tea. Uh, have you tried Yorkshire tea? I have not. No, I have then, not, but I'll need to. Yeah, that is, I would say that certainly in advertising and in popularity has swept across the UK in the probably in the last five years, particular, where uh, it's Yorkshire tea drunk by Yorkshire people in <laughs> Yorkshire water. Um, <laughs> but that whole Yorkshire thing has taken yeah. the whole of the UK by storm. And PG Tips used to see advertised on the TV all the time. You don't anymore. It's all Yorkshire tea. And it, it certainly, you know, I'm, I drink Yorkshire tea and it's it's definitely one to give a try. And I'll have uh, to do that. I've, two minutes I've is a good the, time to brew it as well. Okay. I've tried the Irish breakfast tea mm. and I've tried the regular English breakfast teas. And mm. I they just, they're not like PG tips. No. Yeah, they're um, not easy. They're not easy to drink like PG tips. I agree. And yeah. Yorkshire tea, you'll find is a stain. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. I, I, one of my room, I live with two other widows and uh, one of my roommates is 84 and she's from London. Okay. And so we have all sorts in the closet, <laughs> <laughs> licorice, all sorts. And yeah. we have jelly babies. And um, right now there's a, uh, there's a uh, pot of uh, lemon curd in the refrigerator along with oh. gooseberry jam. Oh, I so, love lemon curd. Yeah, it's so good. I put yeah. it um, when my room, my other roommate makes spaghetti. It's mm-hmm. her daughter. When she makes spaghetti and she gets these huge things of French bread, dessert is always French bread with butter and lemon curd. Yeah, yeah. Lemon curd on toast, yeah. Yeah, lemon curd tarts. Yeah, now you, again, my wife doesn't. She doesn't. She hates lemon curd with a passion. So we don't have lemon curd in the house hardly at all. Has to be a special treat to get lemon curd in the house. Mm-hmm. So I'm intrigued, and I was going to ask what your favourite tea is, or how do you take it? But you know, I think we've grasped that. So I want to talk about the mug that you're drinking. For the listeners, oh, you can't yes. see the video here. So yeah, um, you know, I've got my traditional large Disney mug that uh, you know, an employee 
brought me back from Disney uh, World some years ago. Uh, but tell us a little bit about your your mug there. This mug is um, created by artisans in Guatemala. Okay. And um, it's hand built, and uh, it's got such a unique design on it, even on mm. the handle. Yeah, and, and it's, uh, it's huge as well. I mean, the listeners, you yeah. know, you 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 need to. It's a shame you can't see this because it is a huge mug. I mean, how mm-hmm. how much does it hold? It holds about twenty six ounce or twenty four ounces. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. So. That's, that's I, I've not had anybody on this podcast yet that's had a bigger <laughs> mug than me. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you've beat me today. So, and it's an interesting shape as well, isn't it? Because it's got sort of a a, a sort of bulbous. We'll be careful how I say this on a podcast. It's it got a belly. Up. It's got a belly, yes. I was going to say a bulbous bottom, but uh, yes, a bulbous belly, that sounds better. Uh, so, yeah, interesting. And how long have you had the mug? Uh, about a year. Ah, okay, so not too long. Yeah, People get no, very precious about their mugs, don't they? That's the thing. I do. And I collect mugs, unfortunately, for my roommates. I've got a bunch of them in the garage on the shelf because yeah. we don't have enough room. Because yeah. my roommate also, my travel, she's also my travel companion. And every time we go somewhere, we pick up a mug from wherever we are. Yeah. So she's got mugs from Alaska and, and Teton National Park and Yellowstone, South Great. Dakota, uh, Kansas. We didn't get one when we drove through Nebraska because, for the <laughs> solar eclipse because it was just, no, it's Nebraska. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and uh, I, you know, I must say that fridge magnets are less yes. roomy and easier to keep in smaller spaces than buying oh, mugs all the time we've got those two. <laughs> got those two yeah yeah you and me both so thinking about yourself either the current business or, or the recent shift that you've made what what's been the latest or most significant thing that you want to share that you've worked on in your life or in your business the most significant thing is the fact that despite the pandemic mm-hmm. we've grown the company that I'm with, when I joined, there were only three of us and now we have 10 and we've done it during the pandemic um, in a very structured way. Um, the owner of PJ Christie brought me in as project manager and we started with a kind of a Kanban board of uh, using Asana to manage all of our projects. And as we grew, we set up more and more systems. And so now we've got all these processes down where somebody can come into us and for $1,500, we will do what we call a quick start where you can uh, it's kind of an entry level. We go through, we, we review all of your SEO, we review your website, any ads you might have, what your web presence is. And we go through the whole shoot and match. It takes us about two weeks. And in wow. the end, we have an hour and a half presentation that provides you with everything you need to go forth and either do it yourself, yeah. hire us, hire somebody. But we just, you know, yeah. and so. To me, the development of that quick start program really has made the difference in the business because what happens in a lot of times is we, we have a number that, that take the information and leave. Yeah. But the majority tend to 
take the information and then say, okay, how can you do this for me? We're not, we're more of a boutique agency. So we, we don't, um, it's based on ethics. Yeah. So there are certain clients we won't take. We've been approached by clients that PJ will look at them or talk to them and say, you know, the ethics on this is a little bit skeezy. So we're not going to, we're not going to follow that. Yeah. And it's good to have those immutable values where you can hold not just your team up against those because many people do, but actually hold your clients up against those, isn't it? You know, we, we, I think most of the listeners here would take good advice in choosing your clients well against those ethics and against those as those values as as you the business and and pj clearly do so so what was what were the systems and the process like before you got involved then and before it was just those three people what was it like and and what kind of benefit has it had to the business not just in growth what other benefits has it brought to the business i think with any business when you set up systems and i've done this when I was working with you, Simon, I was do I was a business coach mm. and found that one of the one of the basic things that first that most of my clients needed were systems. And if you don't have systems, you start losing things. Yep. Um, even if you only have a your own personal to do list, uh, something like Sunsama or uh, Trello or yep. something like that, where you can manage your projects. If you try and do it in a notebook or on pieces of paper, you're going to lose things. And setting it up early, it's never too late to set up a system. No. But if you can set it up early in in your business, um, it, it will result in a lot of growth because then you've got a product to sell. Here's my process. Here's how you're going to, here's the outcome for you. But if you don't have that process, it's kind of wishy-washy. So when, when I came in was when the company was moving from Trello to Asana. And um, I'd known PJ for a long time. Um, and he said, I need help moving from Trello to Asana. So I jumped in and, and uh, I didn't do the move, but I, I set, a, set up Asana. Yeah. in a way that gives us a product. That's how our quick start um, yeah. came about was how can we do this in an organized manner that we've got a checklist, we go down the checklist and in two weeks we're done. Yeah. I, and I can speak from personal experience that, yeah, my first ever business was a construction company and we used to generate huge net profits. We were quite a small company. And some of my friends used to say, you know, why is it we're doing five, six, ten times the revenue, but we don't generate the amount of net profit you do? And it was all down to the systems. And when I came to sell the business before becoming a coach, I got three to four times extra on the value for the sale of the business and for the sections of the business because of those systems and processes, because the people that Mm -hmm. bind them knew that if they replicated and used those processes, they'd get the same results. So it it adds massive value, doesn't it? And if any of the listeners are, you know, picking up on this, yeah, it's, it's not just about making things easier. It's about adding value, isn't it? And and adding worth to the business. Yeah. No matter how much time you spend, for instance, when in my freelance career, um, and I still use it, I, I use a, 
an app called 17 hats yeah and uh, and it was very daunting when i first started i had been using trello and and i got it i looked at 17 hats and i'm like i don't have time for this mm. but once i started using it and and setting it up the way i needed it to be i my invoices were paid my yeah. sooner my deliveries were made sooner and it just all in all resulted in an increase in business for me because yeah. I knew where everything was. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you a question that I'm sure many of the listeners have struggled with. And you know, I see this with a, a lot of the businesses I work with too, as I'm sure you have, that when people look for processes and they look for something to help them uh, improve their systems and their processes and certainly their, their marketing very often they perhaps pick something off off the shelf or they go to you know a bespoke you know sort of boutique type agency in some sort but there always seems to be a compromise on what they what they want and what they need and what they get can you give the listeners any uh, any tips or any advice on how to make sure that they're they're choosing the right thing or going down the right the right path with their processes and their systems? I would say try everything. Okay, um, that's interesting. I, I try, I've tried probably 20 different project management softwares yep. and uh, to-do list softwares yep. for myself personally and then for the business. And I always come back to for instance, I used for a long time an app called Sunsama. And it's wonderful because what it does is every morning it goes through, here's what you accomplished yesterday. So you're starting your day off with a positive. Look at everything you accomplished. Yeah. Okay. Here's what's on the list today. How much of this can be moved? How much of it do you want today? And, and when it shows you how much you completed, it's got a um, graph yeah. for all your different categories. And then, um, and it links to your calendar so you can see your calendar and your to-do list. And it keeps those completed items on your to-do list right in front yeah. of you. Yeah. And um, so I use that for a long time, but it's uh, in US dollars, it's $20 a month. So as I was looking at efficiencies, I thought, okay, I pay for Microsoft and I use yeah. Outlook. Yeah. Outlook has task management. Why am I paying another 20 bucks for this yeah. when Outlook is my calendar and is my email? And so I should need to use that task management. So, I mean, I can't tell you the number of things that I've tried um, yeah. for that. And, and also for project management, each person has something that's going to work for them. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think there's an interesting lesson there, um, as as you as you're saying, Ev, I'm sure people will pick up on that. Often we're worried about trying too many things, because mm -hmm. one we don't think we have the time, and it's almost that if we try too many, there are too many failures in there. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if I think as you were talking there, if I think about all the the different software I've used you know, in, in my businesses, whatever type of businesses they've been, uh, you know, I always, it's like when I used to recruit people, I say, you know, hire slowly, fire quickly. 
So take mm-hmm. your time, find the right process, find the right product, find the right software, find the right agency if you're looking for help with you know, SEO, et cetera. Um, test and measure and yeah. make decisions on whether to stick with it or not quickly, mm-hmm. isn't it? And sometimes with, with processes and software that, that helps you manage processes, including your own personal to-do list, you have to use it in a real world situation. You yeah. can't start, you, you can't look at it and say, well, this is going to work or this isn't because yeah. I got probably six months into Sansama um, before I, I thought, you know what, I, there's a better way of doing this. I used Insightly, which is another CRM and project management and, and system um, for my freelance career and my coaching. Um, I used that for about a year and, yeah. and there were so many inefficiencies. So take your time. Yeah. Yes. You want to get rid of it. If it's just driving you crazy, yeah, if yeah. it's not the fit for you, don't be afraid to walk away from it. Even if yeah. you spent money on it, there's, there's no sense in walking away from it. Yeah. Most companies offer free trials. Um, yeah. Take that time yeah. and test it in a real world situation. Yeah. then you'll know whether or not it's working for you. Yeah, good advice, good advice. So if you could, thinking about, uh, you know, the business uh, that you're in at the moment, you know, search and convert, if you could give the listeners uh, one tip or lesson that sort of perhaps busts a dark art myth of SEO or conversion, if you could share something that they perhaps could take away, do something weird, and I'm, I'm intrigued that your quick start program is something that people can take and go uh, and use themselves or with somebody else, because I think that's a great gift to give people. And I think that is why people probably stick with you more, because mm-hmm. you know it's that reciprocal behavior. If you give something, they want to give something back. Mm-hmm. But if you could share something, what would it be today? Most people have websites, and then they just sit. Mm-hmm. And there's so much more that you could do with your website if you optimize it for search engine. Search engine um, is all about getting on the first page of a Google search or a Bing search or a Safari search. Um, And just by doing some very simple things, putting some code in, and and if you're using WordPress, it's very easy. You just use an SEO plugin called Yoast Okay. And follow their suggestions. Yeah. Um, but there is some refinement. You can do ads on Google. People are afraid of doing ads on Google because they get into Google ads and it's very confusing. It's really not as confusing as it looks. Yeah. Throughout my career, I've had a million different jobs on purpose because I get bored with something and then I go on to another career. Yeah. I was a paralegal for a while for toy companies. I was a HR person. Um, And I guess if you've got a website, all that goes into saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to change. Don't be afraid to learn. Learning is, for me, I, I learn every day. And learning is something that you're never too old to do. And um, I started this career in SEO when I was 60. Yeah. And I have learned so much. You're, you're never, it's never too late to learn something new. Yeah. 
And as long as you have that attitude, whether it's for your own SEO or for your life, if you've got the attitude that, hey, I can do that, I'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah. Um, too many people are afraid of that. Mm. And so when you're looking at, at things like Google Ads and Google Analytics, if, if it feels uncomfortable for you, yet you're trying to sell something, you've got a product, you've got a service, and you're trying to sell something, don't be afraid to ask for help. It may yeah. cost you a little bit of money, but at least it will give you a direction. Yeah, good point. And it's, I'm, I'm intrigued to, you know, you say about, you know, don't be afraid to give it a try. And I think there will be a lot of listeners who, particularly with, with search engine optimization, um, see it as some dark art and, you know, black hat type mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, it has that background and, and it's moved along so much from that. What, what would you say to people who perhaps are shying away from doing something with SEO because of that historic nature? How would you encourage them to break that uh, belief that they have that it's not worth taking a look at or it's something that's too complex and uh, too, too dark? One of, the thing, one of the first things is ask for help. Yep. Um, look for a company that gives you full transparency. When we do our quick start program, one of the things we do is give our clients the tools. We show them behind the scenes. We show them what it looks like. We help them set up Google ads. We help them set up Google analytics so so that they can be successful on their own if they don't want us to help them. So you want a company that's going to help you um, Mm. do your SEO yourself. Yeah, um, that's fully transparent. The other thing is, there are so many classes available online. Um, I use uh, Stack Social and Mashable and Skill. What is it called? Skillshare. Yeah. Um, and they aggregate classes from Teachable, Udemy, YouTube. No matter where it is, yeah. these are aggregators, and. Um, I got a year subscription for $35 to Skillshare and there are thousands of classes, everything from getting your certification in Google ads that takes about six hours. Mm -hmm. So you got a Saturday, you're not doing anything. Dig Mm -hmm. into one of these classes and don't be afraid to, because the classes are like two to three minutes each. Ah, I mean, each section size chunks. Yeah. And it makes it very easy for even the most ADHD of us to get through it in small bits. Okay. So I think, yeah, there's, there's a couple of things there to take away listeners of making sure that you uh, are helping yourself, but Mm -hmm. asking for help as well and get that double sided. Cause I think you're absolutely right there, Laurie, that if you, if you understand it a little bit yourself, then you will look for that transparency and you will spot that transparency in people that you're going mm-hmm. to use for those services. So I, yep. uh, I always try and get a little bit of knowledge about it myself. Um, and then you can better understand what some of the experts are putting in front of you. Exactly. So, yeah. It's a great advice. Um, moving on to the, um, the final question before we do just give, the listeners some idea of how they can connect with you or find the, the, 
the business search and convert how how do people who have, have heard what you said today and want to know more or want to learn more and get that help where, where do they go um the website is searchandconvert.com okay. and if you need additional information from me you can find me at ops ops at searchandconvert.com okay great and social media um mostly we use facebook okay um but if you want to find me personally on twitter i i do a lot of business um related news items i i do news aggregation so i have a lot of news items on freelancing uh owning your own business and okay. uh, how to manage employees at l l i k e h e r dot com, l like her dot com. Ah, great. So lots of ways people can reach out, and just to give us the website address for the company again: search and a n d convert dot com. Exactly. Perfect. Great. So coming on to the um, the last question to to wrap this podcast up then, and as as I mentioned to you before we started the recording, you know, as we record this, you know, various people, myself included, are in sort of uh, national lockdowns, and I know you said yourself, you know, that you're in, um, you know, your own sort of lockdown in a way because of the the cancer treatment that you're going through. Um, if you could have your next cup of tea. Okay, I have to remember it's tea, not coffee. If you could have your next cup of tea, um, where would that dream location be that you would have it? Uh, in South Dakota. I lived there for five years. Yeah. And we had a house that had a big bay window. And I put my rocking chair in front of it. And next to it was a big wood stove. Yeah. And I could look out on the snow as it came down. And we could see the ski slopes and you could watch wow. the skiers go down with it at night yep. with the fire going and the rocking chair and the <laughs> cup of tea yep yeah. uh, and you've created a, an idyllic picture there because you know that's one of my things i would love um, a big porch that i can sit on a rocking chair and watch the world go by i'm very fortunate yeah. you know, i can see for miles behind our house and yeah, I just love sitting outside. I was in the hot tub last night and the snow was coming down. It was uh, <laughs> about 20, 26 degrees here, 27 degrees. And uh, yeah, I was in, in the hot tub watching the world go by and watching this, looking at the stars. And uh, yeah, that rocking chair moment for me. Yeah, yeah I'm definitely with you on, on that. Uh, and, and having and a bay wind to do that, that'd be great. Yeah. So I don't have to be outside. Yes. And here, here in Texas, we don't get a lot of that. I'm a Yankee. I've lived my entire life in the North yeah. until I moved to Texas 14 years ago. And like the North where you've got six months of snow and everything, everybody stays inside. In the yeah. South, you've got six months of heat. And usually the winters are pretty good. Um, yeah. This week, we're going to be down it, it, Monday it was 76 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, and wow. today, right now, it's 42. Oh, and that's a noon. shift. Yeah. And it's going to be colder as the week goes on. For the next seven days, we're going to be in the 20s. Wow. And so Texas is not equipped for that, <laughs> especially, nope. especially Austin and central Texas. Yeah. We're not equipped for that. And so yeah. 
it's going to be very interesting to see. It, it's one of those things like, like pre-pandemic when we'd get hurricane warnings. Everybody goes to the store and gets toilet paper, bread, and milk. Um, everybody's <laughs> yep. done that already anyway yeah, for, yep. because of the pandemic. Um, and so it's just it's going to get even worse yeah. i think this yeah. week yeah and, and i can sympathize like you know here in the uk we get i mean we've had a heavy snowfall we've had weather warnings because we've had two inches of snow and you guys don't normally get that much snow no no and it's brought areas to a grinding hole i went I, i've got a mm-hmm. jeep wrangler and I took it in for some repairs on Monday and I was watching cars sliding everywhere because the t- <laughs> their tires aren't made for it. The driving skills aren't made for it. People don't give each other space. They all try and get up the hill at the same time, bumper to bumper. Oh, it's just dreadful. So yeah, we're, we're not equipped for it neither. So that's, that's why we struggle so much for it. But the picture you've created of uh, South Dakota sounds very idyllic and uh, I'm, I'm sure at some point you'll get to drink your PG tips or Yorkshire tea at somewhere just like mm-hmm. that. I'm looking forward to it. So listeners, you've, you've taken away some great tips uh, in today's podcast, um, some great resources as well. You know, if you want to go back and listen to this again, you know, we've learned about Yoast, some of the, uh, the teachable stuff as well that you've mentioned there. And a great way of building a business from three people to 10 people during a, not only a fairly short space of time, but also during a pandemic as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some great tips to, to take away. And thank you very much for being on this podcast. Thank you for sharing your, your tips. But most importantly, thank you for giving your time, which I know, you know, both you and I are really precious about our time and I really really want uh, to say thanks and I'm very grateful for the time that you've given to me and to the listeners today and I hope and pray that they do something with it because otherwise you know it would be a, a poor use of their time and our time as well so <laughs> do something with it listeners you know take something away from what you've you've heard from Laurie today and uh, thank you very much for being a guest. Thank you so much for having me it's been a real pleasure it's been good to speak to you for such a, a long time as well. So that's great. Listeners, this has been part of my mission, as you know, to help businesses, consultants, coaches around the globe become more aware. And I know we've done that today. We've learned lots of things that we need to be aware of in our business and, and in our, our websites and in the way that we look at processes and systems. We've had some great education. Uh, we've not talked too much about coffee, but we've certainly talked about uh, British tea Uh, PG tips and a little bit of Yorkshire tea in there as well. And I look forward to having you all on the next podcast. Bye for now.